Hi everyone, I'm Heidi and I'm here with Rick and today we're going to talk about mindset, building confidence, overcoming fear and building a business and a life you dream of online. And let's say we get started with the show. You're listening to Rick Flynn. With a shout out from London town, it's Rick Flynn presents... Ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn. Well, Heidi, hello. How are you doing? Welcome. Thank you, Rick. I'm amazing. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, my pleasure, my dear. You have been traveling all over the place. That's why I've never really spoken to you other than today. This is the very first time. Where have you been traveling? I mean, all over the world, in the country, or is this vacation or business or both? Um, actually, I'm back home now. I was in Tennessee recently visiting family, and then um, I was was on a cruise prior to that uh did some traveling there and which was it was nice to get away and i actually unplugged during that vacation so that was it was nice to unplug and just turn everything off for a week i love to go on cruises isn't that the best (laughs) they are i highly recommend it although i'm going to tell you when i first started years ago on one of the major major cruise lines and the food has gone down since the first since the first cruise and i'm wondering is it coming back up where it used to be i think it is because the food was pretty good on the cruise i was on so we were lucky we got lucky yeah yeah that's true i just thought i'd mention that because there was a noticeable difference between the first time that i went cruising to the last time and we're gonna go again here coming up and i just yes we're gonna switch lines to see maybe if that helped but uh we'll see i'm gonna give everybody want a full report but awesome (laughs) there we go now as you write on a chalkboard in a classroom i taught college speech for seven years so i've done a little bit of that but when you write on the classroom chalkboard that's chalk c-h-a-l-k your name is identical to that but you put an s in front of it so it's shock absolutely correct like shock and awe (laughs) right right i kept debating whether or not it was shock or whether the l came in like shulk Mm. no it's shock correct absolutely correct all righty well 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 you ma'am have been featured on abc nbc cbs Fox, and also in the largest daily newspaper in Chicago, which is called the Daily Herald. You've been all over the place, and I congratulate you on that, but it all started, oh, years ago, because at that time, you spent about 10 years of your life raising children. I believe you have two of them, and you loved it. Yes, I have two children. They're now ages 12 and third. 13. No, she's uh-huh. 14. 14. She's going to kill me. Well, let me <laughs> I tell try you. Keeping, I try keeping them. I always want to keep them younger than they are. I'm like, slow down. But yes, I have two children and I was, I was a stay at home mom and, um, and I did. I loved it. When they start asking for the car keys, mom, they're about 
about 16. I know. I know. <laughs> She'll get her permit here in a few months. She turns 15 coming up in about six months. So now we're going to start teaching her to drive. And I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> right. You know what they recommend? They recommend do not have a family member teach the child to drive. Let, mm. let a professional do it who does it. In my instance, they had after school classes where a certified teacher that was one of our teachers at the high school taught the class. And a lot of times people such as parents that don't do it professionally, they have bad habits themselves, you know. Very true. And that's great advice. I will definitely be taking that. I'll yeah. probably put her in some driver's ed classes. For oh, sure. I would highly recommend that because you don't, if you don't do it for a living, you know what I mean? It's like being yeah. a lawyer. He who represents themselves has a fool for a client. You've heard of that. <laughs> I have, I have. All righty. You raised two children for the first 10 years. You loved it. And your dream was to be a stay-at-home mom and take care not only of the two children, but the home itself. Child rearing was your responsibility. And in the home, that was your department. Mm -hmm. The finances in that home belonged to your husband, who you will openly admit did well and in fact, you say he did very well at times. I'm to assume he was a very good provider, A, and B, he paid the bills promptly and did well. Is that what you mean? Yes, absolutely. He was, uh, we had our ups and downs financially, um, just like everybody, but there were times that he did very, very well financially, which was, you know, a blessing for us. So what you did, you handed over total control of the checkbook, the income to your husband. You let him handle all all of it and you were more than happy to ignore the money situation and then something happened as you say and i had to go whoops <laughs> there, yep. there's a song i know we in <laughs> fact we've had the artist that recorded that record on the show you may have heard of it it's called whoops there it is whoops, whoops, there it is, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a a a group a rap group called tag team and we mm -hmm. had the guy that created that group on here and he talked all about that record but yeah whoops there it is what is it in your life that caused you to go whoops there it is. Well, unfortunately, about 10 years into our marriage, my kids were about six and eight, somewhere around there. We were, um, I found myself getting a, in a divorce. So yeah, it was not something I had ever thought would happen. And I didn't know anything that was going on with the finances because I had basically given up responsibility and control over it, just like as you shared. Right. Now, first of all, Heidi, more than 60% of married couples get a divorce. Divorce. That's nothing mm -hmm. unusual. You're not to be criticized for that at all. But what after the good part of what your husband had done, which I'm assuming was he did pay the uh, the bills, I hope, and I'm sure he was probably a very good provider or you would not have said that he did well. Mm -hmm. What part of it went south? Was it when you decided to go get the divorce that it happened or, or were there red flags along the way? Um, there were just some things that, you know, we were not in agreement on, um, that happened in the, that just financially happened in the marriage and communication had stopped, you know, wasn't fully, we weren't fully communicating like we used to be. And I guess you could say we we're 
drifting apart. So we ended up, you know, moving through a divorce. And that's where I found myself not knowing I, I had to, I'd always stayed home with my children. And it's something that I really wanted to keep doing because they were gr- obviously growing up, they were going to be older and they were going to need me at home. And I, so I knew that that was a really important piece of what was going to happen in my life going forward. So um, I ended up moving and working Well, I stayed in my home. I, I kept the home. So now I found myself needing to work to provide for me, my children and my home. And I also had about six animals at the time. So I had those to take care of as well. So that's where I, I decided to, um, I wanted to be an entrepreneur and figure out how I can stay home and also bring an income. And at the time I did work two jobs as I was building my business to do that. Well, I'll tell you, I applaud you for that. But you know what? Not only having the house to worry about as far as financially, but you know what is a, a, it could be a deal breaker in the type of home that you have. Those darn property taxes are so high. Mm-hmm. You know, the, oh, it's miserable. And with this inflationary uptick that they just had, there are places in the country where they have raised them 30% and it is placing a strain on the household. You've heard about all that. Yes, absolutely. I have some people, uh, friends that I know that their taxes were a shock for them this year. Um, I was lucky and blessed that that didn't happen to me. I've been in this home for since my my son was born. So we're on that like slow increase. I know it's going to increase every year, but it's not a huge increase. But um, but yes, I totally I, I can't agree. I, I've heard of it. And I it's it's terrible. Yeah, boy, I totally agree with you there. Now, you had been very successful, I imagine, prior to getting married. Weren't you doing some type of uh, was it uh, pageantry or? body building competition what were you involved in that you did well at as far as uh modeling or what was it um i was a personal trainer and i was in the health and wellness space and yeah i could yes i competed in uh bodybuilding and i competed in figure um and i took second in those both of those so i competed in um yeah and that that was part of what led me into that's where i started when i decided to go into entrepreneurship i went back to that which is what i knew, which was health and wellness and um, helping people, you know, get healthy and get in shape. So you were a personal trainer. Do you still do that or no? No, now I am in, now I'm a business strategist. Um, I help women build six and multi six figure businesses online. However, I didn't, when I started my business, I, I didn't start there because obviously I didn't know about business. So how that evolved was I went into the health and wellness space and I started working in that space as an online coach. However, I just didn't have the passion that I used to have for it. And the industry had changed so much. It had really niched down to where there was different, you know, segments of like, say, gut health or keto or, you know, plant-based. There were so many different avenues you could go into with health and wellness. And I was like, I really don't have the passion to learn a specific area. So then I worked with, I started working with women with goal setting and mindset because that was a big piece of my business when I was a personal trainer. And also with me, as I was competing, mindset was a huge piece that kept me moving through the process and was able to, you know, get me to where I, where I was successful in that arena. And so I worked with women with that and as I was building my business and as I was supporting them and they were reaching their goals, they now those women were coming to me saying, I want to start a business. So that's how my business evolved from health and wellness to uh, more mindset and transformational coaching into business strategy. Now, you also yourself during your time of need hired coaches.
coaches, which you say did not work for you. What was the problem? Um, well, it's a, a coach's work. Uh, you know, every coach has their has their has their value. Um, and most of the time, when when the coach coaching doesn't work, it's really not the coach. It's us not doing the work or us not you know taking advantage of the product the the, the value or the services they provide. Um, but for me, what I learned was one strategy isn't a fit all like one size fits all for everyone. And that's what many coaches out there do. They provide a service and it's a one size fits all. And I just didn't see that happen when I looked, when I spoke, you know, I became friends with a lot of, I I'm connected to a lot of people in the industry in the online coaching space. And one size does not fit all for everybody. We're unique as humans and as people. So your business is unique. And so when I work with my clients, I really, it's a hybrid model that I work in. I work in it with, I, I um, have a group, group coaching program, but it's hybrid, meaning I also work with each person one-on-one individually. So I can, you know, look at their business. We can dive in deep into it and I can look at what's working for them, what's not working for them. Also figure out what their goals are because someone's goals may be strictly financial. Another person's goals may be more on the impact. They really want to create a ripple effect and an impact in the world. So I look at their goals and then we come up with a strategy and a plan in order to get them to reach those goals, those specific goals that they have for them. So that's how my my coaching program and coaching business is different than others. Right. In the respect that, yes, you'll work with the group, but yet you'll help the individual tailor what you feel that individual ought to have versus what the other. Uh, you'll tailor make something for someone if you feel it'll be beneficial. Yes, because I feel like group coaching programs are important because with the group, yes, they're getting my expertise individually with our one-on-one sessions that we do. That's where the accountability comes in. But the great thing about being with a group of other female entrepreneurs who are doing it also is you get to see what's working for them. They have, maybe they're, we're working together on something different than the other person is working on and they get that input. They also get that community and that support. And I think that's really, really important when you're building a business because you're in in the entrepreneurship space, because it can be a really lonely journey, especially with the way since COVID, you know, since the pandemic hit, every, a lot of people are working from home and they're working in an office or, a, a, you know, a room by themselves. So having a community of like-minded women who are also doing it and wanting to build and create something is really, really important and beneficial for, for the, for the, for the people that I work with. Now, do you support companies that are allowing the worker to work at home or do you feel that there's a communication disconnect there? I've heard both on this show. I've heard it either way. I kind of personally think it's a wise idea with COVID out there to uh, have the workers at home if they can accomplish the uh, the job properly. What do you feel? Um, I I feel it's it's something that every person, um, the companies, I love the, the companies that are working with the individual in what works best for that individual and will also be successful for the company. Meaning that some people don't want to work from home. They they need that that office environment. They need that connection and that and that communication inside of that space. Some some people need maybe three days in the office and two days at home because they're moms, you know, or even fathers. Maybe they're single dads or single 
single moms and they need to be able to have that flexibility and that works best for them and the company. And then there's some people that work better at home because they, they need that flexibility, you know, on a continuous basis. So I think it's great that the companies for the, the companies that are giving both options and are willing to work with the individual, because I think by helping working with the individual, they're going to get more output from them. Right. Now, with the coaching and so forth that you're doing, you say what to hear. And I quote, I empower women to create the life they've always dreamed of. And what is that life? It's different for each person. For me, it was to be able to work at home and be able to provide for my children and take vacations when we wanted to. And but the main thing for me, my biggest why, and when I work with women, that's the first thing we dive into is uh, we look at what their goals are, but why? What's the why? And when I talk to them about their why, it's what's, what the why that makes them cry. The why that tugs in their heartstrings because when we're building businesses and we're entrepreneurs, it's not going to be all cupcakes and rainbows and, and unicorns. There's going to be hard days where you want, just want to give up. So it's really important on those days that you can reconnect with your why to keep you driving forward. Because again, like I said earlier, it can be a lonely road. It can be a lonely journey. So you want to be able to support, surround yourself with people that can support you and are going to cheer you on and lift you up and push you forward. And you also really want to connect with the why that makes you cry that's going to keep you driving and um and, and pushing forward when it when it gets tough so that dream is different for everyone okay now in your experience Heidi what is the reason why women cannot already have the life prior to inviting a coach in their life to help them what are the main reasons that the client has failed before you meet them I think the main reason is many of for people, you mean people who are in the coaching space already? Well, no, I'm saying the, the, the people who will call you up and say, Heidi, I can't do this. I'm frustrated. I'm crying. Is this a lack? First of all, let me start here and make it easy. Is it a lack of self-confidence on their part? Do you think that's a good place to start? Uh, absolutely. There's a few things mindset wise. Um, again, if they're working, doing, if they're lone wolfing it, if they're trying to figure out this out on their own, it could be, it's really hard. So I always say, you know, finding a mentor that is where you want to be in doing it, finding a mentor that can support you, that you resonate with, and that will hold you accountable and push you forward is super, super key and important. Surrounding yourself with a community and accountability, people who can support you in moving forward and who won't take your take your BS, right? So for example, with people in, say your goal is to lose weight. We're going to go out of business for a second, but your goal is to lose weight. I always tell people, I would tell people, do not create, find an accountability partner who is like your sister or your best friend. Find an accountability partner who's really not going to let you slide. Because when you wake up and go, I don't want to exercise today, you need somebody that's going to push you forward and shake you with love. And I say the same thing with for women um, or anyone who's building a business and, want, and wants to start an entrepreneurial journey, find someone that's going to shake you with love, that's going to push you forward because you need somebody that's not going to take your your BS when, you, when you're just not feeling like doing it. And fear is a big factor that holds people back. You know, I have a podcast called Be Seen, Be Heard, Be Empowered because when I first started my entrepreneurial journey, I was like, oh, I can do this. I can be an online coach. But I didn't realize that I had to be seen and heard. And growing up, that was one of my biggest things, biggest fears. I was you know, kids were seen, but they weren't heard. And I was so shy and so scared to step to, to 
share my voice and also be seen. I would always hide in the background. So that was one of the biggest fears and challenges I needed to get over when I started my business. And that's what I, you know, something I see with a lot, not only women, men, men too, but see when people are starting their entrepreneurial journey, they're scared to get out there. They're scared to be seen. They're scared to be heard. They're scared. There's a fear of what are people going to think about me? Fear of rejection. Am I going to be rejected? So those are a lot of the, we start with the mindset pieces in the, in when I'm working with people. Um, that's where I said, everyone is different. So it's important that when you find a mentor, that you're finding somebody who's going to meet you where you are and then guide you and support you in going forward. Right. Now you say you hired a variety of coaches yourself. What was wrong with the ones that did not work? I would say the one I did, I've, I've spent a lot of money on coaching and I would say they were piecemealing. Like there were pieces of the business that I was like, they were focused on one small thing versus really supporting the business as a whole. That's why I was spending so much money because I was buying a course here and a course there and a course here and a course there. And then I was trying to piecemeal my business together and that didn't work. When I found a coach that really could bring together the mindset, the strategy, help me with implementation, accountability, that's where my business started coming together. There we go. Okay. All right. Now you had in your prior life, I'm imagining, was this when you were single or was this early in your marriage? You somehow were involved as an advertising executive. So you were in advertising. When was that and how did that help you in what you're doing now? Oh, great question. So I was in radio. I was an account executive. Well, in different things, actually. Um, I was in radio and radio sales. Advertising oh, you sales. sold you sold time. I did. I sold oh, time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, hey, let me tell you, I graduated from one of the Ivy League colleges of the Midwest, Miami of Ohio in Oxford, Ohio. And when wow. I was there, they always told me in the radio and TV program that they had, if you want to make money, get into sales. That's where the money is. <laughs> and nobody in the class was there because they wanted to get into sales. They all right. wanted to be the DJ. They wanted to be the talent. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So that, that yeah, I started in radio sales um, after college, and then I went into events. Um, I would I ran events, large events in our area, and we sold spaces, space in the in the events. So sales really helped me being an account executive and being in that world, and also personal training. I you know everything we do, there's sales involved. We may, may not realize it, but at the end of the day, people are buying us. So that's what you know, and that's what I share with my clients too. It's people, yes, they want to know what they're getting when they work with you. But at the end of the day, it's all about them connecting with you and resonating with you because they're buying us. So really showing up authentically and with integrity is one of the biggest keys that people, you know, that I, I work with my clients on. I'm like, just be and be you, uh, you not being anyone else. Because even when I was with sales, I would see, you know, when I started, I would see all these, you know, successful account executives. And I'm like, I have to be just like them. And when I finally started being me and selling my way and, 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 and just showing up as who I am, that's when I started getting successful because people connect with you and they can see right through you if you're not if you're if you're pretending to be someone else it comes through we may not realize it we may not think it but they can see right through us 
So that's the biggest takeaways that I learned. And it really set me up to, um, you know, thrive in my, in my business because, you know, I don't go, I don't try to sell anyone. I just see if it's, if it's going to work for both of us, because at the end of the day, I want to work with people that want to do the work. And I want to work with people that, you know, that want to work with me and that are going to, you know, that are going to do the work. We had a guest on here a couple times and, um, what did she have to say? Here was her little, her little shtick. It was and I quote, no means maybe in sales. Will you go along with that or do you disagree? I agree. I say no. I tell it. I always say no doesn't mean no. It just means not right now. Yeah. Oh, that's that was her point because she mm-hmm. would do follow up and say, I'm just calling to follow up. How are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And you can make sales that way. Yes. The fortune is in the follow up. There are is a very small percentage of people that will buy out as soon as you make your offer. Very small percentage. Are there people? Yes, there are people that will buy right away, but 80% of your sales and 80% of your enrollment comes through the follow-up. Okay. Radio has lost a significant portion of their audience. Do you believe, as I do, that the reason why that has happened not only is modern technology and the internet and so forth and so on, but the fact that radio is now, if I could coin a term you're familiar with divorced from the local community (laughs) i think that is what really has hurt the business do you agree with that or am i all wet here no i wouldn't say i wouldn't say you're all wet um i really don't know the stats on the on radio anymore since i've been out of it so long but i would say there's just so many options there's now podcasts there's you know social media there's youtube there's just so many different options than than there used to be so i just think there's that that's could be a big reason and why, you know, people, when you're in your car and people aren't, commu- they're not in the car as much anymore. I'm, I work from home, so I'm really not, you know, home anymore. So, and, I mean, I'm not in the car as much anymore, except for when I'm taking my kids to school. And when I'm with them, I'm, I'm either talking to them or they're listening to TikTok or they're showing, you know, sharing something with me. So I just think there's just so many different options today. Right. And you sold prior to getting in the advertising sales. Did you sell other products or other? other things prior to that or was the first thing you ever sold uh radio airtime uh that's a great question i'm gonna think back the first thing because i was in the restaurant industry going through college so you have um, my deepest sympathy (laughs) oh that's that's your your money is invested in perishables Yes, yes, it was. So I would say the first sales position I had was in radio, and I'm super grateful for it. It was definitely not easy, um, but it was fun, and I learned a lot from it, and I had a lot of support. After that, when right before I got married, I had a small business where I had a business partner, and we sold, we had a, a company that sold women's, uh, designer women's and baby baby items that we actually made. They were, they were handmade, so we did that. Right. Who was the seamstress oh we didn't we didn't sew anything it was made out of swarovski crystals so we both we both did it we both we were both the uh oh they the weren't they it. weren't garments that you wore no they weren't garments no. ah ha, 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 ha. <laughs> okay and whose idea was that both of yours or did one of you already collect those to begin with uh she actually made her own just made stuff for fun and then i and i loved them and then i started doing it too and then we just decided to go into business and, and give it a shot. 
Right. And the scariest thing you learned from doing that was what? That I really didn't know much about business at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what caused that to change? Was it this myriad of coaches that you tried to use or was this something else? It just was, you know, just building a business and learning from coaching, hiring mentors and um, learning what worked and what didn't work for me. And I'm still learning. I'm still growing. We're always evolving and growing. Is And every time we hit the next, we're going toward our next level. We hit a spot that where the fear kicks back in and we get to learn another step in our business. And it's not always an easy step to learn, but it means we're th- that we're growing and moving forward. Right. There is no success without failure. Exactly. And you'll go along with that. Yes. And what was the time in your life when you were most fearful? Was it that post-divorce situation or was it before or after that? It was the, it was, yeah, it was during the divorce or, and when, what I was going to do going forward, because as you know, being a stay at home mom and now needing to create an income for myself was a very, very scary time. Luckily I had a great support system around me with family. So, and that's what not everybody has that. So that's why I'm, it's one of my big things is like, if you don't have it around you and not all my family understood what I was doing either. So that was hard. So I really had to reach out to people that were doing what I wanted to do and create that sort support system around me. But I would say that was one of the, the biggest, the scariest times. The other time was when somebody challenged me and this was, uh, you know, I think of her as my angel. Now, when I shared with you that I had a fear of being seen and being heard, I was in the background. I wanted to build a coaching business and I, I had a, I was in a coaching program with a, with a coach and it was a group program. And this, one of the group members, um, she was in the, in it with me and she reached out to me and we were talking online and And she called me forward and she said, I have a challenge for you. Will you accept it? And I didn't know what it was. And I said, yes. And she said, okay, I want you to go live in the group right now. And you know, your title is breaking down for my breakthrough. And I immediately, my my whole body shut down. My throat got tight. I started sweating. My chest got tight. And I was like, I can't go live. And she said, you, you accepted the challenge. And she's like, and I'm here for you, but I'm in England. So it's uh, after midnight here and I need to go to bed. So you have five minutes. So I had to jump on and I was bawling my eyes out. I was scared. I was shaking. That was one of the scariest moments that I'd I'd had. And it doesn't sound scary for other people, but for if you really have a fear of being seen and being heard, it was debilitating. And I went to bed with a migraine. And then the next morning I woke up and I had so many messages from that video, from that live stream inside the group of people just thanking me for being vulnerable, for showing up scared, for doing it anyway. And now they were inspired to do the same. And one of the coaches that were... um, um, one of the mentors in the program, she did a surprise live stream all around my live stream. She did a surprise training all around my live stream, talking about vulnerability and the power of, of showing up vulnerably. And that was a big, big lesson for me. You know, you'll find if that situation were to happen again, what we used to teach the students in speech class is that the audience truly in their heart, they want you to succeed. They're not out there hating. You know what I mean? They're backing you up, even though you could be in front of them in tears like you were. They're they're pushing for you. They they're rooting for the underdog, if you will. Yes, they are. And another and another fear I had, if anybody of your listeners had this fear, is what are people going to think of me 
you know, I was like, what are the other moms that went to school with my kids? What are they going to think of me? They don't know, like, they don't know this about me. What are people on social going to think about me? Because this is new for me to be stepping into. And one thing I learned was most of the people, like all the people that you're worried about that are thinking of you and what they're going to say about you, they're not thinking about you. They're in their own heads. They have their own fears of what's going on. So we spend so much time many times worrying about what other people are thinking when at the end of the day, just like you said, they're actually rooting for you. They want you to succeed. Oh no, that's true. And you know what I had a professor tell me? When you meet someone that is mentally not in agreement with you at the time, you don't know what type of demons that person is facing. They could be messed up due to something that has nothing to do with you or anybody in that group. It could be completely different, and that's why certain people end up with the attitudinal problem, if you will, that they have. It has nothing to do with you. Absolutely. Have you experienced that? Yes, because the more I was getting out there, the more that I was showing up, the more I did it scared, the more supporters I had that were like, wow, and the more, you know, I've had people reach out to me that used to know me back when I was a super shy girl from high school. And now, you know, I've had people reach out to me going, I'm so, you know, I'm so, I love what you're doing. You know, can we chat? You know, how did you get started? And that just, you know, makes me feel good because it was a long journey and I had so many fears that were really debilitating and holding me back. And, and as I stepped out of my comfort zone and I, you know, and it's baby steps, I wouldn't say you need to jump out of that box to jumping out of your comfort zone, but taking baby steps and having that support, it's amazing. Um, you know, the impact that you can make, make in, you know, to others, even if it's just one person. And I don't try to make a huge impact in the world every day. If I can help one person and inspire one person, my day is, you know, my day is complete. No, I totally agree. We've discussed that on this very show with a whole lot of entrepreneurs who are uh, involved in various charities, et cetera, et cetera. If they can help and save one person in one day, then life is, has dealt them a good hand. Would you agree? Absolutely. 100%. All righty. Now you had confidence when you were a personal trainer. You certainly had confidence when you were calling on clients, selling them radio airtime and the commercials that keep radio on the air. You had to have confidence for that. What, when were you crying? Was it before you did both of those occupations or was it after? And what caused the demise in your confidence level? that you needed for those first two things to be successful and now you're crying. Help me out here. What went south? What went wrong there? Um, I didn't have confidence every time I started each journey. Uh, the confidence came with doing with doing the thing, right? Confidence comes every time that we hold a commitment to ourselves. So, and I had to learn that. Like every time that I actually went on an appointment or I made a cold call for it, which was super scary, I did not have have confidence in the when I was started my radio advertising we had we you know reached out to companies cold that was something that was super scary but the more that I did it and the more that I held my commitments to my goals each day of how many calls I would make or how many 
appointments I would go on, um, that's when my confidence started going up. And the more I did that, then the more the sales came. And so really just taking action and making a commitment to yourself and holding true to that commitment, that's how your confidence goes up. And it's, it's a constant journey. Even today, I still like, you know, I love what I do. I love the clients who I work with. Um, and I love my life, but there's still moments every time I'm moving to my next level, it's, it's scary. Oh, I would believe that. Uh, ma'am, I have known radio sales individuals, obviously, in my life. And, you know, I've known them that have been very successful. But it has been my experience knowing them that it's more than just making that cold call, introducing themselves, giving them a card and saying, call me. You know what it is? I've seen it. It is a lifestyle. Every mm-hmm. night when they go out, out somewhere, the organization they belong to, the clubs that they go to, the places they go for entertainment. They are constantly, constantly representing, hi, I'm so-and-so from such-and-such station, and here is what I do. And it, mm-hmm. it's it's a lifestyle is what I'm saying. It's not a job. It's a lifestyle. Did you have a lifestyle or did you have a job? Um, That is a great question. And yes, I did all those things, but it was more of a job for me because it wasn't my passion. And that like another thing that I love to talk into for people like finding what is your passion? Because if you are working your passion every day, then it's not work. It's not a job. It's a lifestyle. Oh, amen. Yes. Yes. There's more to life than a business card and a hello. They Absolutely. were working. They were playing the violin you know, without an <laughs> orchestra behind them. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, trying to get the notes right. Oh, isn't that right? Heidi, what do you recommend others with no confidence to do? The first step is baby steps. If you're if you're struggling and you're if you, if your confidence is a challenge and no matter what you're doing, make a commitment to yourself. If it's like if you're wanting to lose, say you're wanting to get healthy, then maybe it's my my commitment today is to eat a eat something for breakfast. Hold true to that commitment cuz every time that you hold true to that commitment, you're putting a coin in the confidence jar. And as you put every coin that you put into that confidence jar comes by holding true to a commitment that you've made to yourself, that jar is going to start filling up, which means your confidence is going to go up each and every time you do that. So that would be my, my, um, my advice, whatever you're working on, whatever your goal is, whatever you, whatever fear you have, make a small commitment. It doesn't have to be a a huge thing to do at once because that could be over overwhelming and, and super scary. Just what's one small commitment you can make to yourself and hold true to that. Make sure that you hold true to that. Because otherwise, when we don't hold true to the commitments we, we make to ourselves, say we're going to exercise three days a week, right? And we don't do that. Our subconscious doesn't trust ourselves. So the next time we make a, we say, tell ourselves we're going to do something, our subconscious is like, she's not going to do it. She hasn't done, she never did this, this, and this shit she committed to. So she's definitely not going to do this. So just by holding true to that one small commitment you made to yourself, your subconscious starts to trust you more. You put a coin in that confidence jar 
star and your confidence goes up. Ah, so you're filling up the coins in your confidence jar. Yes. Oh, very, very well. How about the failures? I guess it's fair to say that not just Heidi, every coach out there has had some people where it does not work. I've been a teacher. I've never been a coach. However, it's the same basic thing when a student would come up to me and say, Mr. Flynn, if you put me in front of this class today and force me to give a speech, I will pass out. I cannot do it. I've literally had that happen with two females in the same class. And I said to you and you, both of you over there, you're. I'm going to work with you one-on-one. I didn't call myself a coach, but I proceeded to, by the end of the semester, have both of them stand up in front of the class, give speeches, and I've yet to have my first student pass out when that's exactly what they thought that they were going to do. Mm. You have to trust, you have to build the confidence and describe to the student what's going on because here's what I told them. I said, if we were in your living room right now and we weren't in the classroom and you had, let's say, 50 people there. And the pizza man, because you ordered pizza for everyone, they knocked on the door and say, here, we have your pizzas here, and you pay the pizza man, and so forth and so on. The pizza man's gone. Okay, everybody, the pizza man, he just left. We have pizza here for everybody. I've got pepperoni. I've got sausage. All this, that, and the other. Are you going to pass out when you say that? Well, certainly I'm not. (laughs) Well, then why in the H are you telling me you're going to do that? in the speech class. Come on. And finally, right. they they were not looking at it the same way. When you look at, I said, if any of these people in the classroom were geniuses at giving speeches, I don't think that they would be enrolled in this speech class. They'd be on a much higher level. Absolutely. And I've yet to have one that would step up and say, oh no, no, I'm, I'm as good as the, the president in giving speeches. No, no. Oh, no, I've yet to have that happen. Everybody mm. is learning. Even the teachers learn. Just like you said, don't stop learning. Build the confidence level, no matter what it is you do. Am I right? Absolutely. Yes, you're right. And just like you said, I don't believe in failure. I believe in learning. So failing forward, as long as we're learning forward, and every time of quote unquote we fail, it's just a learn. It's like you said, it's a learning moment, and we get to say what worked there and what didn't work, and how how do I get to keep moving forward? And by doing that and by taking action, action brings clarity by quote unquote failing forward. You're, you're again, gaining confidence because you're, you're going to get better and better. So yeah, I love what you said, what you shared. Right. The late talk show host, may he rest in peace. I'm sure you've heard of him. Larry King. Mm-hmm. He yes. always, as good as he was at what his craft was, which was doing what you and I are doing right now, the interview. But as good as he was, he was always the first to tell you when it comes to money and managing it, I'm not your man. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. He says, that's my weak point. I have my allowance of what I have to spend. And it's real good that they keep me on that because I am not a financial person. There are people that if it's in the bank under A, B, 
or C account and it's there, they're going to spend it. They're not going to think about that that money is needed for this, that, or the other. When you experience someone like this, what are you going to tell? You've already been through that yourself. What do you do? Do you have to lead them to somebody else who is a financial wizard? Or how do you help those like Larry who are good at learning, but they are not the one you want for finances in any way, shape, or form? What do you do? Exactly that. Whatever your, what, like say, whatever your goals are, if you want to get financially, you know, if you want to become fiscally responsible or financially sound, and that's your challenge area, then find someone who is really good at that, right? We're not, none of us are good at everything. So find someone who is where you want to be, just like in business. If so, if you're wanting to build a business online, find a coach or a mentor that is there in doing the things that you, where you want to be. If you want to be fiscal sound and financially responsible and grow your finances, then, um, and you want to do it in a, in the financial industry, then find someone that's good and that's really good at what they do in that space and who can guide you and lead you. All right. Very, very well. So now who is running the finances in your home at this time? Oh, the finance, well, that's me. Cause I'm a single mom and <laughs> has so it turned around completely? Business. Yes, it is turned around completely. Everything is good. All right. great. How mm-hmm. about I, and I don't, want to get into this. That's not why we're here. I'm just talking in generic terms, mm. broad terms. Are you able to be a friend with your with your former husband? I almost said your late husband. <laughs> no, he's alive, isn't he? Yes, he is. And we get along great. We come together at Christmas time, birthdays. We don't separate things. Um, and, and I think that's part also of, you know, so many people come up to us and or come up to me. I don't know what they say to him, but to me and they're like, you know, your kids are so well adjusted. And I said, we never fought. We never put them in the middle of it. We never um, told them, tell your mother this, tell your father this. Him and I communicate and we're on the same page. If I have something going on with the kids here, I will call him and we will have a discussion and he backs me. If he has something going on, he lets me know and I back him. Boy, that is phenomenal. Is he remarried? No. Oh, okay. Are you remarried? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, you know what? Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say regardless, I've never met the man. I would know him if <laughs> if he bit me on the nose, I wouldn't know who it was. But you know what? If he's a good dad and a good supporter of the common goal, common, what do they call that? Joint parenting. If he's a good joint parent with you and he loves his children, he's not that that miserable of a guy. The fact that you grew apart is just a fact of life. He's still a good man. He's a great man. He's a he's an amazing father. He's a great father. I'm truly blessed and um so grateful for that for my children. Oh, amen. Heidi, www.heidishock, like shock me, is <laughs> except for it's not spelled that way. Your last name is like chalk on the chalkboard with an S on it. So it's yes. com. Am I yes. right? You are correct. And if Thank they, you, Rick. ma'am, that's why I'm here. We're going to tell people in the end here how to get a hold of you. If they go to your website, I'm going to assume that's step number one on how they can get a hold of Heidi. Am I right? You are correct, Rick. Thank you. Yes, they can. There's a contact uh, section where they can reach out to me. Okay. And 
therefore, any other, I think you're on social media. I, I believe you're on more than one social media. How else can they contact you? I am. I am. I am on Facebook on Heidi Shock. There's a, I'm a business page, Heidi Shock Coaching on Instagram. I'm Heidi Shock Coaching. I am um, on threads. I am on, oh, where am I? I am on LinkedIn. I am on TikTok. I am, I, I think that's all the stuff. I'm on YouTube. Oh, <laughs> also, really? Got, yes. And then I also have uh, the podcast, bshepodcast.com. Bshepodcast? Yeah, they can go to bshepodcast.com and they can find the podcast there. Also, it's called Be She, which stands for Be Seen, Be Heard, Be Empowered. And it's, anyone can listen to it, men or women. It's geared toward female entrepreneurs. Okay. B she B E mm. new word S H E podcast. On a typical version of that podcast, when somebody listens, what are they going to hear? Oh, they're going to hear we have uh, right now I've been running a lot of interviews with um, experts in different spaces and in the entrepreneurial space. You can hear their stories, their journeys, how they have become successful with their business, what fears and challenges they had along the way. Also, I do solo segments where I'll talk into mindset or strategy or personal things too, or maybe what I'm going through and um, how I've moved through that and you know my journey, my story as well. Are you still working out and do you have any more personal trainer clients or is that part of your life that's over? That that part of my life is over. I still, I'm still, you know, I still look at wanting, I eat well and I still exercise, but as far as working with clients in that space, I've now, I only, I solely work with female entrepreneurs wanting to build and scale online businesses. All righty. Very well. Miss Heidi, anything I did not ask you today that you would have liked for me to ask you? And if no. uh, speak now or forever <laughs> hold your peace. No, um, thank you so much, Rick, for that. Um, I do have a free challenge coming up, so you can find that on social media. If anybody follows me, it's called the Money Mastery Bootcamp, and we are sharing. It's a free five-day event that we'll be hosting for female, showing female entrepreneurs how to create revenue in your business in five different ways, and that's through my Money Mastery process, and that's going to be starting on October 16th, so we're excited about that, and it's free to join us. So you not only do the one-on-one, -on -one, but is it possible through Zoom, et cetera, et cetera, that you'll have, let's say, a large crowd, X number of clients at the same time in the meeting, kind of like when you were talking with the gal from England, that type of group. What is a large group for you versus the small? Well, we have the, my, my program is a group program. So that's the only program I offer right now. It just has a hybrid model meaning that it's group. So we do come together once a week as a community and I do laser coaching inside of that session. I also do weekly trainings to the community as a whole. And I also do one-on-one -on -one accountability calls monthly to, so we set up, we set up their long-term goal and then we reverse engineer that backwards for their monthly goals. And we, we work on those each month in our accountability call. And then the following month we get together. So they know exactly what their strategy and plan is for those four 
weeks until our next call. You're going to have to educate me, ma'am. What is laser? <laughs> laser something? Laser coaching. It yeah, means what I is do, it? It means that when we do the group session for that specific day, uh, mine is every Thursdays, we come together as a group. And if they have any questions or something they're working on, they can come into the Zoom. And we, as a group, we're there. They can ask me questions and I will help them move them forward through that. All right. Very, very well. Thank you, Heidi Shock, for coming on. It's been an inspiring tale of what used to be and how you solved it with nothing but, what, a lot of work, a lot of confidence, and what else am I missing? Confidence. A lot work. of learning away the, along, a lot of learning and getting up and dusting myself off along the way, which is what we all do, but that's what we get to do in order to move to the next level. All right. How about what Paul McCartney used to always sing about? With a little luck? Did that yeah. come into it? Is luck involved here or is that not something you should de- can always depend on? I don't believe in luck. I believe in when things, everything is happening. You know, I believe in the saying, everything is happening for me, not to me. And sometimes when things aren't going our way, it's easy to say, why is this happening to me? Why do I always have bad luck? Blah, blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. However, I've learned to when things aren't going the way maybe I want them to go, that's I I've gotten really good at. And this is one thing I, I bring to my clients is take a moment and step back and go, okay, things aren't working out how I want them to be. Maybe this isn't how it's supposed to be for me. How, why is this happening for me? And we may not know in the moment why it's happening for us, but it is because when we look backwards on our life, when we do, and I invite everyone to do that, who's listening, if you're feeling like something happened to you, when you look back on your life, can you see now how it happened for you instead of to you? Because we are all where we are based on the things that we felt happened to us. A lot of it's mindsets. You know, that's why, you know, in coaching, if you're going to find a mentor, find someone who's also going to work with you with mindset because it's a never ending process and journey. So I don't believe in luck. I believe in us creating our own destiny. Yep. Right. And you know, what about the blame gamers? Oh, it's their fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. Do you see this going on? And if so, how do you cure the blame game? I do. And that's one thing, um, you know, what, no matter where you're at in your life, whether it's in a personal relationship for me with my marriage, you know, I don't blame him for things. I take responsibility and I do that in my business as well. At the end of the day, we, it's everything that we're creating our destiny. We're creating our life. So when things are showing up for us, how do I always go, how did I create this? That means I'm taking responsibility for what's showing up. The more responsibility we can take, the faster you're going to move forward. Blaming other people keeps us stuck. It will get you nowhere. It will get you nowhere. It will keep you stuck. It keeps us stuck. And at the end of the day, one part of my program is leadership. And we get to be leaders in our business. We get to be leaders in our life. We get to be leaders in our relationships. That's how we create our dream life. And again, that looks different for everyone. But responsibility is one of the most important things and one of the most important steps that I needed to take, I got to take in order to move forward. Another thing is verbiage, right? Same thing with what I just shared about why is this happening to me versus for me? You know, I've worked with a client recently. She would always come on to the call. I need to do this. I have to do this. I have to make money. I need to do this. And I said, whoa, let's just pause there and let's shift our verbiage. What if we get to create money? What if we get to, because when we say I have to clean the house or I have to vacuum, 
volume, it feels really like really heavy and really in something you want to procrastinate on. But when we say I get to vacuum, I get to clean the house. There's all auto, there's automatically a raise in our vibration. There's an automatic raise in our energy and you automatically like your chest steps up a little bit. There's a shift in our energy. So changing the verbiage to I get you and removing the word I need to or I have to. Right. Ma'am, tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone. Each day is a gift. Heidi, thank you for coming on. It's a great, great time we've had. You've educated me. I hope people out there have learned. I hope that people can get a hold of you. Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Rick Flint speaking. It's been fun, but I've got to run. On behalf of myself and our distinguished guest today, Heidi Shock, www.heidyshockschalk.com. We want to thank everyone for tuning us in. New shows every Wednesday here at Rick Flynn Presents. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Heidi. And we'll see you then. Thank you so much, Rick, for your time today and for having me on. I'm so grateful to you. And I hope that what we shared today was helpful to your audience. And just thank you for all you're doing. So grateful for you and your time. The preceding was a Rick Flynn production. This is your announcer, Chantal Marie speaking.